and welcome into another week of the Lower View Podcast. I am Nathan Schertz, joined by two people this week. Mr. Zach Puckett Studio, how are you, sir? Good, how are we doing? Glad to be part of the show. Oh, it's good to have you on. And from a distance, probably sitting in his recliner, Mr. Leighton Snetzler, how are you, sir? I'm doing great and comfy. Good, 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 good. So this week is a little different because, as you can hear, Leighton is on the phone and Puck is in studio. So we're trying something new because next week we have our March Madness special. Um, all that said, this week we are going to talk about some baseball stuff and then some sports betting stuff. And we can finally legally be degenerates. So with that said, let's get this party started. To kick this off, let's talk about Christian Yelich and that deal. Leighton, you want to give us an overview of what that is? I don't have the numbers directly in front of me. I can pull them up here real quick. Um, I really think they got a steal on that deal overall. The AAV came out right around $20 million a year on that, which for a player of his status is just absolutely a steal. I, I mean, a lot of the other players in that MVP quality range are getting 31 32 a year. So, I mean, that's key for a small market like the Brewers to get that hometown discount because they really weren't going to realistically be able to give him a Bryce Harper deal. Um, as a Cub fan, it kind of chaps me a little bit because I wanted to see him walk on him. But, but you know, don't always get what you want. That happens. Um, like, like we were talking, it's all about the market size. And I'm sorry, but... Milwaukee will always be Wrigley Field North, and so they have to deal with that sort of deal. On to the next topic. You want to touch on the Moncada deal since, you know, contracts are just being handed out right and left this week? All right. Uh, before I do that, I did just pull up. Uh, the Christian Yelich deal was nine years and $215 million, and they have a, a mutual option for the last year of that deal. So still a huge contract, life-changing money, but... yeah. Not oh. necessarily the $300 million that he probably could have gotten. Yohan uh, Moncada's deal with the White Sox is kind of a continuance of the trend that that front office has been doing with extending their young players that they tag as core guys um, to buy out their arbitration years. And in this case, I think two of his free agency years um, but, to keep guys around on a which, yeah. Which is... Really a good thing if you're a White Sox fan, because you know you're going to have this group for five years, is it? Yep, five years at least. And more likely than not, you're going to make at least one or two playoff runs, if not this year. With that said, tempering expectations, because coming out of Camelback, everybody is drooling over Eloy in how he is just a freaking Greek god as per the words of Dan Bernstein. Um, so what are some of the things you're seeing coming out of uh, Arizona? I've noticed there's a real fascination with Luis Robert, um, just with his build. Like, not even... I, obviously, the talent on the field is there, but there's almost an uncomfortable amount of talk about how the man looks with his shirt off, which I find kind of strange. It's the biggest um, thing about being I, the greatest I, I baseball like player the... is how you look with your shirt off. It's the biggest thing. Biggest yeah. Sign. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Number one indicator of future success. <laughs> um, the, the White Sox world seems enamored with everything about Luis Robert. I do think he's going to be great. And I think he'll make a big difference on their team. I'm not sure that he's going to come out and 
see Mike Trout like Eloy has predicted. So I think maybe there's a little bit of over-enthusiasm coming out of Sox camp. But overall, I think they're justified in, in being hyped this year. They've got some really great pieces. If, if Madrigal makes the roster at second, which it looks like he's got a good chance to do, God, um, that that's infield. a really solid team all the way around. It's it's just fun. I mean, because as you, as you get older, you just appreciate good sports because we're all sports nerds here to a certain extent. And even though I'm a Cubs fan and Clark and Addison is my home, I mean, I still can appreciate the excitement that that team is going to bring to town. And also, I think something that should be brought up is Yasmani Grandal finally uh, made his spring debut against the Cubs on Friday. And I think that is going to be one of the unsung pieces, you know, Eloy making the team and Lou Bob making the team. That's, that's big news, but just that veteran presence behind the mound is going to be fantastic. What do you think about splitting time between James McCann and Yaz? What, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I love the addition of Grandal. He's got an excellent reputation around the league as, as a game caller, as a game manager. Um, the way he handles pitchers, he has, he has great respect around the league for that. I mean, that's not to speak of his bat, which at the catcher position is one of the better bats in the league. Obviously not quite in the Gary Sanchez tier, um, but still a very solid bat. But his biggest addition, I think, is going to be what he does behind the plate on defense with all the young pitchers that the White Sox have, uh, you know, Giolito and Cease and Lopez. And uh, Kopech, all of those guys, having a veteran like that behind the plate that knows how to call a game and can really like lead them long as they're developing in the early stages of their careers, I think is going to make a, a huge impact on those players. Yeah, I totally agree. So moving on down the line, uh, our neighbors to the south and the cards, the Yairo Munoz saga that was something that happened um, last week, was it? He just all, all out left camp, seemed a little um, Tommy Lastella like I mean, what's that say overall? What's your thoughts on that? I, I don't want to make any assumptions that are too big, um, but it does make me wonder what the culture of that clubhouse is like um, down in St. Louis. In the, generally, players don't up and storm out of a clubhouse that's happy and clicking. Um, kind of makes you wonder if there's a little bit of trouble in paradise brewing down there. The Cardinal way is... Exact... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate that thing. Um, but I didn't hear any specifics as to why it was that he walked out. So if you have that, that'd be... Okay. That might help me a little bit, but... So... Here's a quote from the one, the only Johnny Moe Zaloc, who said, We can either wait this out, but I don't feel that's really in our best interests because the likelihood of coming, happen, coming back and being happy didn't seem to have a very high probability. It's very odd. I knew there was frustration brewing, and last year I knew there were some situations that he wasn't really happy with how he was being used. So in, in a way, I'm not surprised, but I'm not... I'm... Not surprised, but I'm completely surprised because this never happens. So That's a weird way to end that quote. I'm not surprised, but I'm completely surprised. Yeah. Kind of makes me think of uh, Dr. Death up in Chicago <laughs> with his 
I haven't heard much, but what I have heard, I didn't hear any of that. That's cool. Gotta love the Mark Tressman, who he did he did win a game in the XFL, the XFL last week. Did y'all see that's that? That's the XFL. That's yeah. a fifty-fifty chance of winning every time you walk yeah. on, unless you're a St. Louis Battlehawks fan, of which I've been a lifelong fan and have appreciated their entire historical franchise. Um, I do have going back. Do have one quote um, from the Cardinals president talking about how it just makes most sense. Uh, just on, just based on what we're hearing from his agent, maybe cutting ties makes the most sense. He's so, just not happy here. Which so, you think from the head of a president to, to be that involved in saying that it's cut off. Yeah, the guy's just pissed off and he wanted of, out. Yeah, he's out. It was a known thing that he wasn't happy. So, I, I think he'll show back up somewhere. I don't know where. He came from the A's and went to the... Came to the uh, cards in the Piscotti deal. Um, I know you don't know much about this guy, but Leighton, if you had to take a guess, where would you see him popping back up? I'd see him maybe on a a team that's either kind of down and out or a team that has a potential to make a run that maybe isn't like one of the big-name contenders, um, like a Toronto kind of team maybe. Um where he's going to have a shot to get some pretty immediate and significant playing time. Because if it was a usage issue that he was having, he's going to want to go someplace that's going to be able to let him just go out and strap it up every day. Um, So I wouldn't bet to see him pop up necessarily on a contender absent a significant injury that opens a role. But even in that case, there might be better options on the market than him, despite his relatively good showing that he put in in limited time. Yeah. So, that's that. And then finally we get to what we want to talk about and that's the Cubs. Um <laughs> Kangaroo Court. We heard a lot of this about about the Cubs. Kangaroo Court is basically the players policing themselves, which there's a big argument of let the players take care of the, care of things themselves. I'm a big fan of that. What what are your thoughts on that, Leighton, as far as how that's going to affect... I, I mean, is it fair to say you're going to see a big change on the field due to something that's happening in the clubhouse? Overall, I, I think it's great. I don't really see a downside to it. As to whether it's going to make a huge dif- difference on the field and their play, it's hard to tell, and it would be hard to tell even at the end of the year. You know, if they come out this year and turn into world beaters again, put up 96, 97 wins, I don't think you could really look back and go, oh, that was that kangaroo court. But I think what it does overall is it builds that camaraderie and, and I guess brotherhood, for lack of a better term, within the, the clubhouse that you saw in that 2016 team and the 2015 team when those guys were like one unit having fun. They were just out there playing the game, messing around that you saw kind of fade a little bit these last couple of years where it looked like they were at work. Yeah, had Um, to be there. I I think it just helps. It's a culture thing. It's a clubhouse vibe that they're trying to build. Um, So I think in that regard it'll help a lot. Whether that translates onto the field or not, you know, time will tell. But I think overall it's great. Okay. Um, Did you see the first offender of the kangaroo court? No, fill me in. Chris Bryant, the man who's burst this idea and was really pushing it, you know, around the media, uh, was the 
defender of the kangaroo court. The first first case to be heard, he was on defense and completely forgot to shift with the rest of the defense and all of a sudden had that oh crap moment and had to like run to the other side of the field. Oof. Um, so <laughs> the man pushing the idea was the first one to, to fall beneath its blade, which I find hmm. ironic and funny. That's... I mean, that's usually the way it goes. While we're on the Cubs, I know this wasn't in the notes, so I apologize to you both, but did y'all see the ESPN broadcast or the best uh, or the best of with Brizzo mic'd up and having an all-out interview while playing baseball? <laughs> oh, that, that stuff was gold. Yeah. With, with uh, KB and Riz in that game. Yeah. I, I particularly loved the... The comment where he told someone to bang on the drum for him. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was, well, to call it and then to just sit there for him and then, like, just to think what goes through the mind of a, a, a MLB player up a bat and saying, this one's going to be a fast one, I'm going to try to put this in play, and it hasn't a- seen it, and then just puts the ball in play. And then it's, just runs and like to go through that process while talking and seeing a baseball at like a blink of an eye come at you. I'm gonna go. It's just insane. The quote, the quote that I that I love best. That's incredible. Is um, I'm gonna go to. I'm gonna go to. Oh nope nope nope. Just kidding. And then Blink skirts back. It's like what the. It would it would make me so interesting. The Mike Trout touches the baseball. He's like ah oh, never mind. It would make me so interested, more so in baseball to like hear the players speak like even like outfield or stuff like that which they do is spring training and i know it's not really proper to do in games but it so, would make it so much more entertaining yeah when we're having super super long games and super long innings that are happening now yeah so coming from I think you might see more of that yeah they started to they sorry to interrupt you there you're good go um, they included it in the uh the all-star game the last couple of years they really started to expand it and this this year, I think this is the most they've integrated it into spring training. So, like, they continue to just add bit by bit. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it'll be years down the road, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it slowly work its way into the regular season. So we we talk a lot at length Hopefully. about how about how Rob Manfred is kind of ruining baseball. Is this a way, you know, if, let's just say on Friday, Saturday, Sunday games, because that's when most people are watching baseball, right, or there... They they have two stars from each team mic'd up. Would that coming from Zach, somebody who doesn't watch a lot of baseball on the regular and isn't quite the nerd that Leighton and I are, would that would that make it more entertaining for you? For me to to hear and to understand from a player's perspective would make me appreciate the sport more. Would it make it more watchable? I would I would say for the average person it would. Yeah. Just because you wouldn't understand oh, that a pitcher pitches a ball and, oh, this is a breaking ball and all this stuff to see it and to experience. The question is, is whether or not you want some people mic'd up during certain things and you have a problem. So I don't know if that would be like a thing to be broadcasted so much so um, as much as a an inning here or there yeah, so- to help alleviate that. And then probably earlier in the game instead of later in the game. Yeah. So here, here's my thing. Everything's on. Everything's on an eight second delay because you know, streakers are a thing when it comes to when it comes to live that's events. True. So I mean, I think that's that's more mitigated than you realize. Um, yeah. So I think that's totally doable. Um, I just think it, it's really interesting 
So, the last sort of baseball-y thing, and then we're going to get on to being degenerate, uh, how we're going to get on to gambling. Um, Darvish throwing 95 gas in the spring uh, in his last start. Leighton, did you get to see any of that at all? I haven't got to physically watch any full games yet, uh, but I've seen some clips of Darvish's work. Um, he looks really sharp, which is really encouraging. Um, I'd love to see him pick up kind of where he left off last year because for basically half the season, he was a top three pitcher in all of baseball, which is really what the Cubs were banking on him being when they got him. And looking at the rest of that rotation, that's what they need this year from him. So if he can come back and be that sharp, um, which he, he seems to be on his game this season already, um, that's going to be key for the Cubs. I think that could play maybe a disproportionately large role in deciding whether they're going to be buyers or sellers at the line and, and, and how this season shakes out. Yeah, because whether he makes the start up in Milwaukee, game number one, he's going to be your ace. I mean, that's that's what, that's what all there is to it because Lester's 37-6-ish. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. He looked looked pretty mortal last year for most of the year. He was not the same Johnny that he used to be. And in limited action that I've seen him this spring has not been impressive. Now, granted, vets of that age are usually working on something. Uh, His last start, he threw almost 100% cutters. So he was obviously working on that. So it's hard to take too much out of the spring training, but I, I'm really worried about Johnny. Yeah, because when I when I shot you that message that had his stat line, it was something like, in one inning, it was like three hits, two runs, and two errors or something like that. I mean, it was it was ugly, but I mean, then again, it is the spring, so you never know. Um, do you have anything yeah. base? Do you have anything baseball wise that you wanted to add? Because I know today is fantasy draft for you. Yeah, I I am getting ready to do that. So I've been nerding out to the extreme. I've got a <laughs> massive whiteboard down here with names all over it. Um, but uh, the one other Cubs note that I would add is, is I'm really intrigued to see what happens with Tyler Chatwood this season. Uh, I forgot. I think he made a great bounce back last year. In his bullpen role that he transitioned into, um, you saw his command come back a little bit. He still walked a lot of guys, but not nearly the extreme level that he was at. And you really got to see his stuff. Like, when he can get it in the strike zone, that fastball really rides. It's got great velo on it. And his breaking balls are nasty. It's got a little bit of a Jake Arrieta vibe when he can actually control it. And... It looks like he's got the inside track for that fifth starter job this year. Um, yeah, I think if he can put it together, that could be a huge boost and a really nice find. I it scares it scares me. Uh, it really does. It scares me because, I mean, you and I were contemplating what was that junior year that the man had the yips <laughs> and now he's on the inside track to the number five to the number five spot i mean it would be great if he did because then you wouldn't have to worry about somebody coming up you know i i agree with you but as a fan and as a as superstitious as i am 
I'm still scared until he shows me a month or two at work. <laughs> so, that is... Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to immediately have strong trust in him. It's kind of a, like a Brandon Morrow situation where it's like, oh, look, he's healthy, and then you get excited, and then he, you know, hurts himself putting his pants on. So, <laughs> you know there's inherent risk going on, um, but... It's an upside deal. I mean, the Cubs don't really have another great option at the moment, so he's kind of has to take the spot. Um, I'm maybe a little more optimistic than some that he can do well in it, I guess is what I'm... Yeah, that's completely fair. The case that I'm making. So, all that said, we will keep an eye on it as the as opening day draws near. I argue that that should be a national holiday, but maybe we'll get to that in another time. Um... <laughs> So, on to the next. So, we're back for the second half of today's episode, and that is one of my newfound pastimes, even though I never put any real money down, and that is the degenerate activity of sports gambling. Leighton, you and I have been talking about this from the time we really met each other. What are your thoughts on that? I'm super excited that legal sports betting is coming to Illinois. I I will probably lose money because of this news. Um, but I like to think I nerd out on sports enough that I could probably make some money by doing this. Um, if nothing else, it's a fun pastime. It, it makes those betting lines a little bit more fun to follow and a little more relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that it really makes a, a material difference to the game itself, but from a, a nerdy sports fan perspective, I think it's great. Well, that's the thing is the fact that when Illinois beat Wisconsin, I think the odds it was like what fifteen twenty to one, and if I would have put if I would have put ten bucks down, I mean that's that's a clean and clear two hundred bucks. Like I, there's little things like that and. People say that gut instincts aren't a thing, but more often than not, my sports gut is right. Puck, what do you are you? What are your thoughts on that? Just in on, on just sports gambling. So the idea of having sports gambling, first of all, we're not going to be blind. Gambling was happening in Illinois through <laughs> friends, through people that are super shady. Office pools. It was it was it was a thing that was real, and now we're adding a oh, yeah, fact no that it's being law which means regulations which means processes can take away a lot of that and then bringing just it to light yeah i mean because i don't know how much you y'all have seen the xfl but they have the over under line right there on the screen like it's a thing instead of what fox did with the super bowl in the nfl and People were asking, you know, for live lines on the broadcast, and that wasn't a thing. I think it really helps things progress. And let's be honest, we're in Illinois. The state's out of money, and it's going to bring the state some money, as much as we hate that in some respect. So I think it's really a good thing. The thing that people should be aware of is it's not exactly fully live. This is kind of a soft... Um, release because the only uh, the only place you can legally do it is at Three Rivers Casino in uh, the Plains, which I'm thinking anybody want to go on a road trip <laughs> over the next couple weeks? Plains, <laughs> yes, why not? 
So, that is something, and um, Joe Ostrowski, I don't have it pulled up right now. Can somebody read me the tweet from Joe Ostrowski that talked about uh, the timeline for an app and what that will look like? Uh, he said, shout out to everyone bitching about no mobile from the start after Illinois finally gets sports betting. I agree with you. It isn't ideal, but it's part of the process. Uh, friendly reminder that New Jersey launched in June of 2018 and got mobile in August of 2018. Um, so just over a month delay, it'll happen. I mean, if that's what ends up happening here, where they kind of do like the soft launch, and then a month or two or three, we get online and have the capability to do it anywhere, I don't think that's a big deal. It, no. It's smart to test the market anyway. Yeah. And let's be honest, it's been a thing it's been a thing for forever guys that even i know have been running over to uh indiana right across the border just like fireworks to place bets and then check go back in a couple weeks and get your tickets if you if you hit it's <laughs> just give it time here folks that's that's all it is um one thing that i think is relevant for people in the central illinois area i did notice on some of the people some of the uh organizations that applied for uh licenses in illinois boyd gaming which boyd gaming owns the paradise so sports book in the paradise oh, cool. I think is going to be a thing if I were a betting man, no pun intended. Uh, um, so, Leighton, have you had time to look at some of your favorite long-term bets? Um, I've been looking a little bit at the World Series lines for this year, just seeing where what early odds are at um, for World Series. Uh, there's some interesting ones. Um the Washington Nationals are all the way down at 18 to 1, which is surprisingly low for a, a defending World Series champ. Um, right now, they've got the Yankees as the favorites at 3 to 1 odds, which I really don't like. Um, I think the Yankees are going to be good, but Judge has got all kinds of health concerns. Giancarlo Stanton's not been very consistent. I think there's a, too many question marks on the Yankees to really feel comfortable at three to one. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Even with their true. their pitchers are coming out with injuries now, and people are out for years, or people are starting till All Star break question mark, and it's the bugs just hitting them right now. And that happens to every team. Yeah. Hashtag Cubs. Um, <laughs> so I mean, that is a good number. The one thing that I am curious on is the fact that uh, Nolan Arenado was like in the 30 to 1 range for uh, National League MVP a couple weeks back. I haven't checked the lines in general lately, but that was something that I am intrigued in because that's decent money. I think as we progress through the show, we need to have just a general five to ten minute betting segment because it's fun and huh. we're degenerates so why not um i'm pulling up the odds right now all right uh 2020 al mvp odds i'm seeing okay uh mike trout is plus 100 um obviously this i don't think this is updated since uh, the injury update because they got Aaron Judge at plus twelve hundred. 
um, as well as Glaber Torres at plus 1,200. Yeah. Um, Bregman and Lindor both at uh, plus 1,600. Otani at 1,800. Uh, DJ LeMahieu, which is an, I find an interesting pick, and Matt Chapman at uh, plus 2,500. Yeah. And Anthony Rendon of the Angels now at plus 3,000. I think that's good money. Okay, so um, we should... Rendon has put up great numbers. We should we should take a step back, and when you uh, were talking, these are we say plus whatever. You just have to move. You just have to move the decimal pl- decimal place two places, right? Isn't it for or yeah? So I believe so. I'm not an yeah. expert on that. So yeah. So three and a half to one for the Yankees to win the t- title. Dodgers at you know. So just so when we say plus whatever, that's just kind of the mindset you have to have for our listeners, so that way we're not talking mm-hmm. way above their heads. Um, the one thing that I see that I love is the Padres World Series odds at plus four thousand. I think there's something there. That's one of those five dollar bets that could you know pay off one of those many student loans that the three of us have um <laughs> i think there's some money there also um the reds at plus 2500 that's another one um reds and okay so there's a big um midwest vibe all at 2500 you have the cubs the Sox, and the reds i love all of those numbers to be honest so Puck, are you are you looking at those right now? Do you have any favorites going on? Ones that I would invest in. Yes. Say you Man, had to throw. This is this yeah. is a thrown out money, and hoping it comes through. But the Minnesota Twins got so hot last year that continuing things. That's a huge out of the side small market that could that could hit that could do something and could could make movement, especially at home. What's the what's the numbers on that? Uh, so odds the one I'm pulling up is they're plus two thousand. So two hundred one. Oh yeah, that's, that's yeah. A good number. <laughs> yeah, like just to throw out there, For and the it's twin. not like like they're that's serious. I'll take that. So that's something that we're gonna do throughout the summer and over the year. Um, so just to wrap things up, because Leighton, I know you have a fantasy draft in fifteen minutes. We're going to. Um, we're going to do a March Madness special, and I think that's what we'll do next week, boys. I think, Zach, are you good for a phone call at least? I'm down for a phone call at least. Cool. You'll have to hear me again. Sorry for all of our viewers, but... (laughs) That's all right. Um, so, all that said, I know for, as we stand right now, Zach's a call... Um, Derek Bowman said he would be a call. So we're just going to get all sorts of opinions, analysis, and all that. And we'll see where we lead. You've been listening to the Lower View Podcast. I'm Nathan Schertz for Zach Puck and Leighton Stetzler. We will see you next week. Thanks.